players filed under the letter E. That's what this hotbox is about. Yes, the hotbox this time is devoted once again to piano, but there'll be plenty else besides, I'm sure, in terms of instrumentation. It turns out that the file under E is maybe even more devoid of piano players than D was, and I'm very sad to say that we couldn't trace any Irish recorded piano player uh, whose name begins with E. Um, so if you know of anybody, uh, and I'm still waiting for a response from a lot of people about uh, Irish piano players who have recorded, obviously it's important that they have recorded, uh, perhaps you'd be good enough to contact me, Donald at jazzisland.ie, and let me know who it is. Or if you indeed are one of them yourself, perhaps you'd contact me. Donald at jazzisland.ie. Now then, there is a but, and it's a big but. The E file contains one really huge piano player, a pianist of whom many would say that he was the single biggest influence on modern jazz piano, uh, more so than anyone else. While I leave you pondering on that one, we'll get E going with a young man who's begun his, who began his life in the USSR, but who made the US his home from the age of 10. Confusingly, he launched himself simply by using his first name, which is Eldar, but has increasingly allowed his surname to enter the equation, and that is Jangirov. So maybe we should have filed him under the letter D, but we didn't. He's been widely praised, and his command of the instrument, as Downbeat magazine noted, is simply staggering. <laughs> Thank you. 
Phew, point of view redux. Time to get your breath back. That was from Eldar, uh, also known as Eldar Jangaroff, with the bass player Amanda Gola and the drummer Ludwig Alfonso. And that's from their 2013 album, Breakthrough, which is on the Motema label. He's quite a few recordings to his name, in fact, uh, both recorded as, as Eldar and recorded as Eldar Jangaroff. Uh, he's only 30 now, and uh, he's quite often nowadays straying towards the classical genre as well. And he's really an amazing talent. OK, uh, did you guess the pianist I referred to earlier? A towering figure in the latter half of the 20th century. And, of course, he was Bill Evans. As an aside, and interestingly, uh, Eldar's playing of ballad material, which he certainly weren't listening to there, he's uh, been compared to Evans. His approach has been compared to Evans harmonically. Maybe gives a bit more weight to the suggestion that there are virtually no contemporary piano players not influenced by Bill Evans. <laughs>
It's nice when you hear something perfect, isn't it? One of the problems, though, of presenting Bill Evans' recordings is that he revisited the same songs quite a lot. I'm actually sitting here with no less than 33 Bill Evans albums on the desk and selecting from the many versions of any song that he played, let alone deciding on which song, is a kind of daunting task. What we've just heard is a song he returned to quite a bit. Uh, this version was taken from an album released just last year, having been discovered in the vaults of the German recording engineer Hans-Georg Brunnerschwer. But for presumably contractual reasons, it wasn't released in, the ni- in 1968 uh, when it was recorded. The song was written by Leonard Bernstein and was much recorded by others as well some other time. It's also the title of the beautiful double album which is on the Resonance label. Evans came to the notice of a wider jazz audience in 1959 because he was the pianist on all but one of the five tracks that made up Miles Davis's Kind of Blue. He had by that time left the Miles Davis Quintet. In fact, he was replaced by Winton Kelly. But Miles knew that it would have to be Bill Evans on the recording if he was to realise his modal vision. So he invited him back to the session, at which he arrived with rough sketches only, and the resultant music, as Evans pointed out, was as close to spontaneity as you can get. The day before the recording, kind of blue, uh, Davis gave Evans a piece of paper with two chords on it, G minor and A augmented, and asked Evans what he'd do with them. So Evans stayed up late that night working on the tune Blue in Green, and on the album it was credited to Miles Davis. However, Evans later suggested to Davis that he might get a share of the royalties. Davis gave him a cheque for $25. Thank you. 
The, uh, the ballad, Blue and Green, taken from Kind of Blue, gives some more emphasis as to how important Bill Evans was to that whole project. As an aside, I might also mention Miles playing, uh, described by Benny Green in the original liner notes as unmatched throughout the entire world of jazz today. No matter how often you hear it somehow, it always gets you. Mesdames, Mesdemoiselles, Messieurs, on drums, Jack de Jonette. À la contrebasse, on bass, pour la première fois en Suisse, Eddie Gomez. Tous deux sont les partenaires du pianiste Bill Evans. Thank you. 
at the Montreux Jazz Festival. The Evans track we heard earlier was recorded just after the trio's triumph at the Montreux Jazz Festival that year, and that turned out to be quite a best-selling album itself. It was, incidentally, a version of the trio that only lasted about six months before Jack de Jonette departed, and, as we all know, he's still going and went on to many things. But as you heard, that was their opener um, at Montreux. It was entitled One for Helen, Helen Keane being his then-quite-new manager at the time. A great stabilising influence on Evans, whose life was anything but stable. Well, apart from his massive uh, pianistic and harmonic skills, as you could hear there, Evans established the jazz trio in jazz as a unit, uh, with very much equal partners, no longer just a pianist with bass and drum accompaniment. And nor should we ignore Evans's playing in other formats, most notably the duo uh, with guitarist Jim Hall, which made two albums. He also, perhaps unwittingly, resurrected the career of Tony Bennett when he made a startlingly deep recording with Bennett in 1975. It was comprised mainly of American songbook standards, but we're going to hear one that, in, uh, that he included, which was his own composition, Waltz for Debbie. Uh, the composition really is uh, uh, one that he returned to many, many times. But here it is with the words that were written by his pal, Gene Lees. <laughs> Populated by dolls and clowns And a prince and a big purple bear Lives my favorite girl Unaware of the worried frowns That we weary grown-ups all wear 
In the sun She dances to silent music Songs that are spun of gold Somewhere in her own little head One day all too soon She'll grow up and she'll leave her dolls And a prince and a silly old bear When she goes they will cry As they whisper They will miss her, I fear, but then so she goes they will cry as they whisper goodbye they will miss her I fear but then so Waltz for Debbie, written for Heavens' niece, I think, Debbie. What a real delight that is. Uh, the previous year, 1974, Evans had toured with his trio in Europe, and uh, as part of that tour, he had the special guest, Stan Getz. And this quartet was recorded by the radio stations, various radio stations around, and notably, I think, Holland and Belgium. And they made great music together. Getz's tenor, Evans' piano, Eddie Gomez on the bass, and Marty Morell at that stage was the drummer. This is called Grandfather's Waltz. Thank you. 
grandfather's waltz there with Stan Getz from their European tour in 1974. Um, we shouldn't, we couldn't present Bill Evans without sampling his first major trio with the then very young bass player, well he never was more than very young unfortunately, Scott LaFaro and the drummer Paul Motion. The, uh, the Riverside's records recording of that band placed Evans front and centre in jazz circles and also established that particular trio as one of the greatest of all time. Uh, this is uh, from the live recordings that were made on a summer Sunday, June 25th actually, 1961, so 56 years ago almost to the day. Um, I must admit, as, as Evans uh, quietly opens the proceedings on My Foolish Heart, no matter how many times I hear it, the hairs on my arms stand up. Somehow the moment is so intense. Perhaps I'm also replaying the fact that LaFaro, aged just 25 as I said, was to die 10 days later in a car accident. Thank you. 
the exquisite version of My Foolish Heart from that day, June 25th, 1961, 56 years ago, when uh, the trio recorded in the Village Vanguard. And the recording session also saw the debut of Debbie. Indeed, one of the resulting albums was entitled Waltz for Debbie. So at the risk of being boring, having so recently heard a vocal version of that song, we'll check out the instrumental as well, as approached that day by its composer Bill Evans with Scott LaFaro and Paul Motion.
for Debbie again there from the 1961 session in the Village Vanguard. I mentioned earlier the duo recordings that Evans made with the guitarist Jim Hall, so let's head for something in that direction, something that they recorded. This is, yet again, a song that Evans was to rework many times, but I dare say he never really did it better than he when he was with the beautiful toned guitarist Jim Hall. It's My Funny Valentine. <laughs> Thank you. 
as has been said by uh, someone wiser than me, the real heart of jazz isn't the solo improvisation, but the sound of improvising musicians listening to one another. And you could really sense that happening there with Jim Hall and Bill Evans. Funny Valentine from their album Undercurrent. Well, another song that Evans reworked quite frequently uh, was one that uh, was on that earlier session in 1961 that we heard just a few moments ago, I Love You, Porgy. Uh, it was done first, I think, with that trio in 1961, but it returned to again and again, and then he created this version in a concert in Paris in 1979, which is well worth listening to.
Yes, a rightly enthusiastic audience in Paris there in 1979. He was actually, although that was recorded solo, as you heard, he was actually on tour with uh, the then trio, or a version of it. Uh, the bass player uh, was Mark Johnson, and uh, the drummer was Joe LaBarbera. Um, I mentioned Mark Johnson because it's a curious serendipity that he is married. He was then, and I think still is. Well, in fact, he still is. I know he is. Um, to Eliane Elias. We heard from Eliane Elias from her new album, uh, Last Hot Box, but i got to bring her back again. Here she is uh, in a much earlier version when she was playing a load of piano. This is Bowing to Bud. <laughs> Thank you. 
That's uh, Eliane Elias rocking out there in the year 2000, and not with her husband on bass, but with Christine McBride on the bass, and Carl Allen was the drummer, budding, uh, budding, bowing to Bud, her own composition and her reference to her stylistic debt at the time to Bud Powell. Well, for a final piece, uh, we'll move away from Bud Powell and from Bill Evans to Taylor Eggsty, born in 1984 and a Californian, a fine technician. He tends to be found in the company of Kendrick Scott and Eric Harland. On this piece, uh, which is uh, a com- composition by Pat Matheny, uh, dedicated to the late Michael Brecker, he's with Eric Harland on the drums, Julian Lager on the guitar, Reuben Rogers on the bass, and the amazing Josh Redman on tenor. It's called Timeline. Thank you. 
and played there by a, a band assembled by the pianist Taylor Eggsty. Well, if you uh, omit the odd tenor player blasting like Joshua Redman there, we've heard a lot of piano over the last hour and 20 minutes or so. Um, all of them filed under the letter E. Um, Bill Evans has been the main centrepiece of the show and uh, he died back in September 1980. Uh, unfortunately, a lifelong relationship with heroin and later with cocaine certainly did nothing to improve his health and played a major part in his much too short a life. His friend and writer Gene Lees, we heard his words to Walsford Debbie earlier, he described his death as the longest suicide in history. However, he undoubtedly created a body of work that for all time changed the harmonic language of jazz piano, and for many listeners, including this one, he speaks on a very personal level to a greater extent than almost any other pianist. I hope you've enjoyed the music as much as I have. There'll be another hot box around in a couple of weeks, and I hope you'll join me then. But for now, if you have been, thanks for listening. <laughs>